Thundercrash, thundercrash, bats, bats. You Whoa. have a soundboard. Thank you. I, I do like to think like I'm Michael Winslow, but in fact, I am Luke. He, him, sometimes they, them. I'm Janine Juliet, lesbian. Uh, so now that I, I have to come out before this airs. Ha ha. Well, yeah, because that's how you get your reward. That's how you do it all for the cookie. The cookie. Oh my god! <laughs> this, this this belongs to a conversation that was earlier. It's not insinuating that lesbians get cookies. You don't. Well, you know what? We have a podcast to do. What do we do on this podcast? Uh, this is a podcast where we recap One Piece and then cast any new one piece characters as contemporary simpsons characters wow that was actually like a very put together description for this that's totally not how i describe it to other people how do you describe it to other people you know how when um Loot Crate was really big and like they would always have like a t-shirt that was like mashing two things together. It's like that, but it's like longer, like with two entire series mm -hmm. and like um, you can't wear it. You know, weird mashup fan art from like DeviantArt in the mid 2000s where you just combine two random franchises because kids growing up were into those two things. This is like that, but for One Piece and The Simpsons. You know how, like, when you watched The Fly and, like, Jeff Goldblum and, like, a fly got together and, like, appeared somewhere else and gradually kind of became this weird, uh, hideous freak thing? What if instead you had a, a similar, similar characters from One Piece and The Simpsons do that and, like, they're just, like, one entity now? Can I be Gina Davis? You always ask that, and I keep on telling you the same thing. Of yes. course, live my best life. <laughs> you know how Swedish Icelandic pop group ABBA came up with a bunch of songs and those got collected onto a Greatest Hits album? What if on that same album of Greatest Hits you also had the hits from Queen? So you had a Queen and ABBA greatest hits disc this podcast is like that but replace queen with the simpsons and abba with one piece if you have a terrible way to describe this podcast uh please share with us on our twitter at domance That's yeah I, I i almost had another bit there but I think it was going to go into stuff that would fall under the too real category. Ooh. All right. Well, it looks like we dipped out just in time before that happened. <clears throat> um, we did. Let's get back to this podcast that we do. Yeah. 
the 17th episode of this podcast, where we are going to be covering the One Piece episodes that ran from March 24th through May 12th of the year 2002, which I didn't remember to do it in time for this one, but I want to do it for future ones. Uh, kind of a, what are some contemporary events that happened? Because I feel like with Simpsons, there's especially this weird lack of time sensitivity to like seeing what else came out then so like putting some actual timing events might be helpful like oh god this is going to age me so so much um march 24th 2002 oh that was when denzel and holly berry won and uh academy awards and holly berry was the first woman of color to win the best actress award oh the number one song in america was ain't it funny by jennifer lopez featuring ja rule I can't even conceive of what that song sounds like now, today. Hey, gang, this is Luke editing it. Jennifer Lopez has two very different songs called Ain't It Funny. Like, pause the podcast, go to YouTube Music or whatever you use, because Ain't It Funny and Ain't It Funny featuring Ja Rule are wildly different. It was 20 years, 7 months, and 7 days ago. No, that can't be true. That can't be true, Janine. What? That it was 20 years, 7 months, and 7 days ago. Huh. Are we old? I think we might be. Huh. Well, we better continue the podcast so we don't end up thinking about mortality right now. Let's think about death and get sad and stuff. Oh, yeah, and I think that what day of the week is totally wrong because it says on May 12th, 2002, former U.S. Oh, no, I guess that would make sense. Uh, that was when Jimmy Carter went to Cuba for a five-day visit with Castro. Making him the first president in or out of office to visit Cuba since Castro took over in 1959. And they had a sleepover. How adorable. I mean, yeah, and you they probably had like some really good fried plantains. Some black beans and rice. Some Cuba Libre. Cuban sandwiches. I can't eat pork anymore for dietary reasons, but um there's this place by my house that makes a really good Cuban sandwich. Mm -hmm. And um, it's one of the first places I went to when I um, started living here. And I got to say, uh, as far as sandwiches go, the Cuban has uh, got a lot of things going right for it. Oh, it does. Like, I won't say it's impossible to mess up, but it is pretty hard to do a Cuban wrong.
Um, yeah, last time was perfect. Uh, I made no mistakes. Uh, I don't have any notes about that. So we can just get into the uh, Simpsons episodes that uh, we uh, had coming out at that same time. We had Tales from the Public Domain, which was the start of the new Simpsons thing where they just decided to do a second anthology series. I haven't seen the new Treehouse of Horror from this year, but uh, I've heard it's a very good one. Much better than... Weirdly, they did two Halloween episodes this year again, Janine. Huh. And the first one that they did was an It parody. Which had some very strange and unrelaxo things in it. Ah. That also feels like it's like kind of late on jumping on that train. Oh yeah, because the It remakes came out like three years ago. Animation takes some time, people. It does, and I guess I needed to figure out what jokes they were going to do. That it 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 was just weird. Uh, Marge married comic book guy. Homer runs Moe's. But it's he's Homer, not Moe. Well, okay. Mm -hmm. Bart was Lisa, and Lisa was Bart. Wait, no, you. This doesn't. You can't. You can't just do stuff, man. Stuff's I think you can. No, no. It's like, imagination, no. Janine. Anyways, yeah, tales from uh, the public domain. Uh, they had the Odyssey. They had Hamlet, and they had Joan of Arc, which was kind of like the weakest part of it. Uh, there is Blame It on Lisa, the one where they go and look for Lisa's Brazilian pen pal. Uh, Weekend at Burnsy's, where Homer starts taking medicinal marijuana and then it becomes banned. Gump Roast, which is the weird clip show, when they decide to just randomly bring that back. I Am Furious Yellow, where Bart decides to become an internet sensation and animates Angry Dad. Uh, the sweetest Apu, the one where Apu cheats on Manjula with a delivery lady, and then uh, Little Girl in the Big Ten, where Lisa starts sneaking and going to college so she can actually get a better education. New characters that we can now use include Gildan Lenny, Joan of Arc, Quimbe, Discus Stew. Mr. Movie Phone, Russell Crowe, The Crow, Danger Cat, Danger Dog, Danger Dude, Groundskeeper Seamus, and James fucking Lipton. Like, we got a bunch of them added in there, and it's also nice that we're just going to get a we don't want, I won't let us use Disco Stew, but if we need to use Discus Stew, I can roll with that. Anthologies are bullshit, Janine. They are. Uh, but yeah, we are also going to be covering episodes 105 through 111 of One Piece. There is The Alabasta Warfront. City of Dreams, Rain Base. Trapped in a desperate situation, breaking into rain dinners. Operation Utopia commences. The wave of rebellion begins to move. 
the fearsome Banana Wani and Mr. Prince. The key to turning the tide and a great escape, Doru Doru Ball. Merciless fight to the death, Luffy versus Crocodile. The Miracle Sprint, Alabasta, the Animal Land. And you know what, I just realized I forgot to do, my friend Janine. What you forgot to do? I apparently did not actually put my notes onto this sheet, so let me quickly find my notes. All right, we're going to find those notes. I know. We do this a lot inside of this podcast where we'll have small little moments and blunders so that later on we can be able to recall them in our domains section. I mean, the important thing is that I didn't get drunk. Press that dough button. There we go. You love to hear it. Mm-hmm. And see, now now there's like a whole page of notes in 9.5 that have been added on. What? I know. I, I take a lot of notes, and uh, I, I take pride in what I do. But also, oof, this, this past week or so has just been kind of a rush. Uh, I would like to blame Marvel Snap. And getting really addicted to that for like a week. Are you snapping, Janine? I couldn't snap. There. I just started the Pikmin walking game thing, oh, kind nice. of like Sync from Niantic. And mm-hmm. um, that's kind of like the new thing that I'm checking out. And it hasn't been motivating me to walk extra. But mm-hmm. it has been motivating me to walk more consistently. Which, you know, all things fair and equal, that's pretty good. I got into it pretty far until I found out that my phone was no longer receiving notifications. Oh. So I wouldn't get texts or Facebook messages or anything else beyond a phone call. And it was like, oh, this is really bad. Also, I'd rather just give my full focus to Pokemon Go, which it still has. I'm level 50. Is that still the max level, by the way? Uh, yeah, it looks like they're going to end up putting in more levels soon, but it's a... I think they need to just figure out how they're going to try and fix the game, because... They've got issues with their production cycles. We talk about One Piece on this podcast. You know, I think that the audience may enjoy hearing other parts from our live lives. So, the group heads to Crocodile's headquarters in Rain Base to try and stop him instead of heading after Koza, and Luffy is refusing to share the water that he got from Toto, and Luffy also makes Vivi promise to fill him up with all the food that he can eat once he's defeated Crocodile. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, Koza, meanwhile, uh, is trying to dissuade Kappa, a young kid who wants to join the Rebels, because he's like, hey, yeah, you're, you're a kid. Go off and don't get horribly wounded. And Koza's plan is that once they can get weapons, that's when they're going to assault the capital 
Chaka and Pell, the King's Guards, meanwhile, want to strike at the rebels, but Cobra doesn't want to attack the people because he knows this conspiracy is going on. That's when Karu returns with Vivi's note, and Cobra shares the note, and they kind of realize that, oh, Crocodile is behind everything. So Cobra wants to head to Rainbase to confront Crocodile, but he is persuaded against it because the rebels might attack then. And so instead, Pell is sent out in advance of the army, who is going to head to Rainbase in the morning to go after Crocodile. So when the Straw Hats reach Rainbase, Luffy and Usopp immediately run into Smoker and Tushigi, who were waiting for them, and give chase. Chopper gets separated from the rest of the party, and so with Luffy and Usopp return, everyone else heads towards the casino before they have to split up again. Zoro sends Vivi to run away from the Baroque Works Millions, while Sanji fights the Marines. That way, Usopp and Nami are able to get away. Zoro gets confronted by Tashigi and runs away from her. And so it ends up that Nami, Usopp, Zoro, and Luffy, being pursued by Smoker, run into Rain Denners. And that is when Miss All Sunday has the pit boss direct them to the VIP lounge, which ends up being a trap. And I love the moment, because it's just like, wait, which way do we take? There's a way that says VIP and the way that says pirates. And Luffy's just like, no, we've, we're, we're pirates. We've got to go to the pirate store. Which is fair. But Honest, honestly, I think that it definitely does the thing that you need it to do, which is um, make Luffy's stupidity move the plot. Mm -hmm. I mean, VIP could stand for very important pirates. It could in this universe, now that I think about it, because, you know, there are levels of pirates, apparently. There are. Would uh, Crocodile be considered a very important pirate? Yes, he is one of the seven warlords. Ah, you know what? We're one step closer. Mm -hmm. We're one piece closer. Oh my god. So Chopper runs into Tashigi uh, in her way to look off for Smoker, and uh, that it, Sanji ends up finding Chopper. Uh, the cage where everyone else ended up in is made of sea prism stone, which prevents Devil Fruit users from using their powers because it's just like the sea, and Crocodile shows up to gloat about catching everyone. Outside, Vivi is working to fight off the millions, but she is overpowered by the number of enemies until she is saved by Pell who can fly with his ability to turn into a falcon. And he then takes uh, out everyone until Miss All Sunday shows up and takes Pell down with her flower, flower, fruit powers, which let uh, parts of her body bloom like flowers. It's really disturbing, actually. But also, eight legs, seven vaginas. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hate you so much. Oh. Jenny, there's there's a lot of fanfic. I bet, dog. I bet. So Miss All Sunday steals Vivi and brings her to the basement and then Crocodile gets to give his villain plan about Operation Utopia. 
Back at the palace, Cobra has vanished, and a report arrives placing him in Nanohana, where we see that he admits to bringing in the dance powder to steal the rain and prepares to kill all the people since they've heard him confess right in front of the rebels. Kappa, the tiny child, attacks the king, who then kicks him in front of Koza, and that's kind of Koza's breaking point. He criticizes the king gets shot by the guards, and then the guards start attacking Nanohana. A massive ship laden with weapons piloted by Mr. One and Miss Doublefinger then crashes into the city, like, from the best part of Speed 2. And the town is ignited, the rebels are provided with the weapons that they need, and the fake king is revealed to be Mr. Two Bone Clay, and all of the guards are Baroque Works agents. Kappa ends up seeing Mr. Two Bone Clay as he's frolicking about, and Kappa tries to tell the rebels, but he runs into other agents, and then when he appears, the rebels just see him fall unconscious, and they blame the royal guard. We just told you not to get injured. <clears throat> mm -hmm. The three officer agents then leave for the capital. Koza declares war. This news reaches the capital, and Chaka assembles the soldiers for war, and the country is set to destroy itself for Crocodile. Bibi tries to escape, promising to stop Crocodile by reaching Alabarna, where she'll be able to meet with the rebels. And Crocodile gives her a choice to either stop the war or save her friends by dropping the key to the jail cell into the banana gator pit, where one of the banana gators eats the key. And then Crocodile sets the basement to flood. Crocodile also reveals that he has been personally fucking with Toto by hitting Yuba with sandstorms as the room begins to flood. He releases a banana gator to fight Vivi with more banana gators lining up to follow before Sanji calls in on a transponder snail and Crocodile remembers him and Sanji calls himself Mr. Prince but he gets knocked out over the radio. Crocodile hears that Mr. Prince is outside of the casino and goes out to check by himself. The pirates ask Vivi to go and save him, but when she tries, she gets knocked down by Crocodile, who walks out of the casino because he is a recognized hero, and Vivi then barely makes it out of the basement as more water is flooding in through a broken window. Like, it's, it's a bad scene there. Like, pretty good death trap. So, Crocodile walks out to see the millions who have all been knocked out by Mr. Prince. Crocodile thinks that he sees Mr. Prince and chases him after in a rage. And as soon as he leaves, the bridge over water to the casino collapses, and Sanji reveals that he did it to save Vivi and the rest of the crew. It turns out he, that he set up the call to lure Crocodile out of the casino, used Chopper as a distraction by having him pretend to be Mr. Prince, knock out the other agents, and then he would vanish when Crocodile came after him. It's delightful. It's also such good payoff. I think that there's just so much tension that gets built up and, like, the way that more and more stuff just keeps on happening 
-hmm. Like, oh, the keys dropped into a pit. Oh, the pit turns out to have banana gators. Oh, it turns out that the banana gators can be able to just, like, come in and, like, are lining up single file. And also the room is flooding. Like, Mm -hmm. and then, like, the stairs are bit off. And it's just, like... Stakes. It's great. Yeah, it it balances them very well with the payoff. And, um... Wow. Like, I wasn't expecting something, like... Something like this definitely is, like, one of those things, like, it's, it's supposed to slow you down, but I feel like that this feels like the most exciting One Piece has been in these moments because of how much limitations were there mm-hmm. after introducing that these bars could be able to make it so that uh, devil fruit powers don't work. Yeah, it's they are just rolling out a bunch of stuff here very quickly. So back in the cage, Smoke reveals Miss All Sunday uh, has her own major bounty because she's got some earth shaking uh, stuff going on with her. Sandy comes in, knocks out the banana gator. As more of the banana gators flood in, Smoker figures out which one has the key in it. And that banana gator vomits out Mr. Three, who put himself into a wax ball to survive. He finds the key to the cage. Sanji demands it, and so Mr. Three just throws it in between the gators. And so Sanji just forces him to make a key to the door, which turns out to be good, since Crocodile turns out to have had the real key the entire time. Luffy and Zoro release from the cage, defeat the other banana gators as the room floods completely, and Crocodile returns to find Mr. Three unconscious and the cage empty. And initially in the manga, there was a funny thing that happened because it was just Mr. Three was floating unconscious in the water. And then he just got a bunch of notes. Uh, Oda got a bunch of notes that were like, hey, he should sink because he has devil fruit powers. And so that's why in the anime, they just had to put him on a table unconscious in the water. Oh, my God. Yeah. So... Like, in the uh, letters, Oda just had to no prize at that. Uh, he's under a board that you just can't see. Of really good floating wood. So, uh, the crew escapes the water, and Zoro saves Smoker from drowning, because Luffy ordered Zoro to save him. So Smoker decides to let the pirates go and orders the marines to stay down and calls for reinforcements because he knows bigger stuff is going on. And the Straw Hats head out. They end up finding Chopper, Eyelash, and a giant moving crab named Scissors, though his name varies based on the uh, translation. But as they are going on this giant crab, Crocodile grabs Vivi off of it. Luffy ends up intercepting them, though, and the rest of the crew rides off. Zoro tells Vivi any member of the crew is ready to die for her, and Vivi tells Luffy that they will meet him all in the capital. Crocodile refuses that he is going to lose to Luffy, giving him a three-minute uh, fight time, and Miss All Sunday, a.k.a. Nika Robin, uh, we find out her real name, 
heads off to continue to the capital on her own. Crocodile reveals that he planned to take over Alabasta because he controls the entire desert and all the sand in it. And Luffy is put through his paces since Crocodile can dehydrate him with a single blow. Luffy ends up drinking his jubile water to restore himself, but still isn't strong enough. Crocodile then sets a sandstorm that will completely destroy Yuba. And when Luffy is distracted, Crocodile impairs him. Crocodile impales him on his hook. Meanwhile, back in Yuba, Toto finally finds water. Aren't you so happy for Toto, Janine? It's such a weird thing. Like, you know that they do it just so they could be able to build up more, you know, attention. Oh, look, this old man's going to have his shit rocked, mm-hmm. like, really soon. And, like, I hate that it works. Yeah, yeah. it's It works for a reason, and the reason is it's good. Uh, so Crocodile's Blast also uh, went through the water. Luffy reveals that he is alive despite everything, and Luffy realizes that he can touch Crocodile when Crocodile is wet, and so Crocodile just tosses him into a pit and leaves. And Toto, meanwhile, calls out to the sandstorm and promises to never be defeated. Meanwhile, on Scissors, the situation is tense because everyone is worried about Luffy. Smoker has, meanwhile, ordered Teshigi to go to Alabarna, the capital, and figure out what to do while Smoker goes to the Navy headquarters. And Teshigi's current plan is to just catch all the Straw Hat pirates. Meanwhile, Vivi is worried that Scissors can't cross the river that they need to, but Nami tries to inspire it by showing off her dancing outfit, but the giant crab still sinks. As they are crossing, a Sandoran catfish attacks them, but it is defeated by Kung Fu Dugongs, who appear and are able to pull them across on the giant catfish. But they still aren't able to arrive fast enough until the Supersonic Duck Squadron appears, led by Karu. Supersonic Ducks, Janine. Supersonic Ducks. Uh, yes. They're very mighty, these ducks. Mm-hmm. Luffy, meanwhile, is stuck in the sand, barely hanging on and unable to escape. Nika Robin shows up, though, and pulls him out and asks why those with the name of D fight before she leaves. Pell appears, and Nika Robin tells Pell to save Luffy and that Vivi is safe, and then she heads off. Koza and the rebels, meanwhile, approach while the capital fortifies against an army of two million that are under Chaka's order. Well, Mr. Four and Miss Merry Christmas have a king hidden. And elsewhere, Igaram arrives, landing in Nanohana. I... I'm glad that he's alive, I guess, after we've seen so many tragic flashbacks of like, oh, look look how good of a person this was for the kingdom. Mm-hmm. But they're dead. But what if they weren't dead? Which really makes me question a lot of things right now. Um, So, like, one of the things that Oda talks about uh, in the letters columns is he doesn't like to kill characters or even have people, like his heroes say, they want people to die. Because, like, 
death takes a massive toll on people and it's kind of like respectable compared to other manga that I've been reading where it's like, oh yeah, here's a like 50 people who just got murdered. Ha. Huh. So there are deaths. Like people do die. It's just one of those things where they'll die when they're damn good and ready. Well, also, I think be- that I think there is one that might be overdue. You want you want the Mary to die? I want the Mary to die, and it has to hurt now. Like it can't be like a simple in your sleep thing. It's got to be screaming. I just love that I'm building up these clips. I'm I'm excited when we're going to get to the episode where you're just going to be distraught as I play like three minutes of you wishing death on Mary. Oh my god. And you're going to be a wreck. Release the death to Mary cut. I'll, I'll do that when we get there in like 200 episodes. Or well in like excuse me in like 200 episodes of One Piece or so. Ah. Anyways. uh, Yeah, so we are set up for like really big stuff. This is also going to be what may be the most generic setups for uh, fights between like the Baroque Works members and members of the Straw Hat crew. Because, you know, like, everyone has to have their match off against someone else. Right, right. And there's a few members who we still don't know what their deal is. Uh, But I would be interested to see, and I did not tell you to do this ahead of time, so I understand if you aren't ready to do it, but do you have an idea of who everyone is going to fight. I or who don't. you would match up. Huh. I mean, do you just want me to run over the uh, cast members and see who you think they're going to go up against? Let's see. Right off the top of my head, I want to say um, Miss Merry Christmas Takes on Usan. Mm-hmm. And then she'll also have Mr. Four with her. Right, right. Which we need... Damn. Um, Tony, Tony Chopper. Mm-hmm. And then we've got Mr. Two. Ah, uh, Mr. Tupon Clay, I'm going to guess Sanji. Mm-hmm. No, wait. Someone who could be able to lie better would be Nami. Mm-hmm. All right. And then we have uh, Miss Doublefinger and Mr. One. Miss Doublefinger would be Sanji and... Uh, except, except that... Except Sanji would never kick a woman. That's right. 
Oh, Mr. One, I feel like should be Zoro. Mm-hmm. Right off the bat. So then do you want to just swap your Sanji back to fighting uh, Mr. Two? Yes. Which puts Nami versus Ms. Doublefinger. All right. That's what we've got coming up next episode. It's going to be great. And I appreciate that you logicked it all out. Excellent. I'm glad. Like, it's very much a everyone has their strengths and their vibes. So. But uh, we've got a bunch of characters to cover this week. We have 15 of them, in fact. So we're going to start off with a few Rebels. Oh, also everyone this week is just a one-star character. Not really important in the massive scale of things. Alrighty, let's start. Alright. Uh, up first, we have Okame, the female member of the Sansan clan and the Rebels. Uh, I have three of them. Uh, up first, uh, Rodrigo style for this week's episodes. I have Carrie, who is the college gymnast. Uh, I also have Bonnie Franklin from last week's Rodrigo style. And then BZ. Oh, BZ is also the name of a Japanese J-Rock band. That's Capital B apostrophe lowercase Z. Oh, uh, BZ was uh, on the school's yearbook team, and was one of Lisa's friends who uh, did not actually write in her yearbook. Mm. Who do you have for Okame? Okay, I realized when I was doing all of these that I. I did for the rest of them, mm -hmm. but for the first two, I did not look inside of the thing, so they might be taken. Mm -hmm. But I have Lisa's Miriam and Simpson's Bible stories. And that was the only one? Yes. It goes with the pair with the next character. Ooh, yeah. Uh, who do you have for Kiwi? I have Milhouse as Moses, from, also from Simpsons Bible Stories. I realized that we had used a few um, Simpsons Bibles characters inside of Alabasta, and I felt like just uh, throwing more characters like that out the window to kind of like fit the theme with other characters that we've already oh, have yeah. established in there, you know? Yeah. Uh, I had George Burns, Snobby Bully, and... Telemachus Bard. I really like both of those ones that you have. So I'm going to just go with those two and get you two points on the board to start off. Oh, excellent. Then you'll probably like the next one that I have for Nato. Nato, the one who does not show up as an adult. And do you yes. know what Nato is? No. It is like a fermented bean. Uh, it is uh, fermented whole soybeans. 
Huh. It's kind of like a condiment sometimes. I could see that. I mostly know about it, or I initially knew about it from uh, reading Magu-chan, God of Destruction, because Magu-chan will just eat natto because it's full of vitamins and then and energy that he needs, and then he just gives very descriptive and gross uh, descriptions of it. Terrible. <clears throat> Who did uh, you have for natto, by the way? Uh, I had... It's Hammer Kid, uh, Jackington, and Bartrand. I had Ralph, who played Ralph in Simpsons Bible Stories. Who had a death fake out. Oh, that wasn't Ralph. That was... it. it... Let me... Let me double check that. Because uh, that's the David and Goliath story. Wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Ah, so that would be Ralph as Ralph from this one just right now, wasn't it? Tales from the Public Domain, then? No, uh, Simpsons Bible Stories is... Diff, uh, is a different one. Uh, I just remember that Ralph, I believe, was a specific person because he gets killed by Goliath. Yeah, uh, as Ralph. Does he just say Ralph? He has a tombstone that just says, here lies Ralph. And it, it just, there's like a five year difference. So it's like, okay, he's canonically five. Fair enough. You, uh, I will uh, stop searching because, yeah, it does not look like the better of the two wikis has a different name from. So, points for you, Janine. I'm going to keep going with that. I tried to overthink it. Ah. Uh, all right. We then have Kappa, who is the kid who uncovers great secrets. Gets the I, shit kicked out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, who do you have? I have Linguo. How I know. I know Linguo? you want. I know you want to save the robots. Mm-hmm. I know. I know you probably have an idea of of that. But whenever I see a child just get like fucking like destroyed, I just think of how sad Linguo looks. Mm-hmm. So, you know who is another kid who ends up just getting fucking destroyed? Who? Laertes, played by Ralph, who gets stabbed. Or, no, he gets poisoned by Bart, if I remember oh. correctly. Ah. Uh, I also had Amendment to B Kid and Bart as Mel Zetz, when he has to fill in for the ventriloquist in Bart After Dark. I feel like we could go for a rare double Ralph and RDR. Sure, let's party up with that. RDR R. Uh, we then have uh, Farfara, uh, who basically just exists to say 
to show off his war injury. And I had two for that. My uh, Rodrigo style was Polonius. And I also put in James Woods because I feel like we should write off James Woods as a guy who got a dumb injury in war. Because James Woods also, I believe, got shot working at the Quickie Mart. We didn't... Could have sworn we used James Woods before. I feel like he might have come up. Let me check the master list. Alrighty. Oh, yep, we did. Shit. Alright, well, then uh, Polonius is the other one that I have. Who do you have for Farfara? I have Leon Kompowski. You know, I feel like Leon Kompowski is perfectly good to put here for similar reasons as James Woods. Excellent. That was the reason generally why I was wanting to put that character here. Excellent. Uh, we then have Ultra King. Who do you have for Ultra King? Uh, Ultra King is the guy who runs Rain Dinners. I'm going to put the one thing that everybody's probably going to think that I'm going to put because it's the one thing that they re that they're thinking that they would put and they would get like pulled instantly because I want the people to know how strong of a choice it actually could be compared to whatever you have. So I'm just going to say yes. The yes guy. Frank the yes Nelson guy. type. Yep. So I have three powerful options. The most sensible one is the actual bouncer from Burns Casino. Uh, who ends up kicking Bard out. But when he kicks Bard out, he runs into my second option that I have that is a very powerful one, which is Robert Goulet. Ooh. But then my third one is the Rodrigo style one, and it is a name that I left off of the list. Because True Believer, Excelsior, it's Stan Lee. I feel like Ultra King is not only a name that Stan Lee would give himself. Yeah. But also, this is like a Stan Lee level cameo appearance. I could see that, you know, as somebody who's just like um, a regular everyday person, but like also is in a very cozy place. Mm-hmm. Hmm. But I also like Robert Goulet a lot, too. I'm going to go with Goulet. I don't know when thing. else we're going to use Goulet is the thing. As a lounge singer? Uh, I mean, one of the movies is literally set in a giant casino. It's great. The guy has the power over gold. It's called One Piece Gold. Um, but no, I'm going to, I'm going to use Robert Goulet here. All right, let's Goulet it up. Goulet, Goulet, vous. Uh, we then have the Koala Mercenaries, who are 
the three bouncers, who aren't given any more names or details. They do, once again, though, have very distinctive Ota designs. I have three suggestions for them. Uh, going back to one that you put in earlier, the Rappin' Rabbis. There's also the Larry Davis Band, which is different than what we have already, and also my Rodrigo style is Fish. Ah. And that's Fish with the A-P-H-I-S-H. Well, I can tell you right now that we must be on the same wavelength here because I put down the rapping rabbis as well. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I was really thinking I was going to blow your fucking mind with that one. You're bringing it up again, but... I saw you coming. I had this on for like a week. I was like, Janine's going to bring back rap and rabbis. I don't think that I'm prepared. Janine, I'm fucking prepared for the rap and rabbis. <laughs> well, now you can't prepare against rap and rabbis. They're getting used today. All right. Well, then we have the rap and rabbis as the Kawala mercenaries. This one's going by fast. We are simpatico. Uh, we then have Eric, a guy with a hat and a lot of badges. Um, Who do I, you have? I looked through uh, different Simpsons uh, military characters and I got uh, Milton Haas from the Hellfish. Interesting. I don't think I remember him. He was uh, one of the six or seven names that um, were kind of like given off, like listed off and just kind of like just a small profile. But some of the names just kind of like sound like Simpsons residence names. Oh, Ox. Yeah. Okay. I... I think build-wise, he doesn't necessarily strike me as Eric. Uh, I have two options. One of them is Top Hat Theater Bart, for when Bart starts offering to let kids into the house to pay him money so they can see adult channels on the cable. Uh, I also have Mr. Movie Phone as my Rodrigo style. I like your first choice a little bit better because I do like how we're having a lot of our rebels just be children characters. Mm-hmm. So, top hat Bart? Yes. All right. We then have Pasami, a.k.a. Pincers, a.k.a. Scissors. And my Rodrigo style one is really weird because... It's easy to find a crab, uh, like, if you go on Beyond, but, like, doing it Rodrigo-style, I had to pick Quimbe, which is the Quimby, who is essentially, like, a, a whipping boy in the court. Ah. Uh, the other ones that I had are Pinchy, uh, the Under the Sea Lobster from Homer's Under the Sea song, and then the most popular crab on the beach. Who do you have? Um, I also just had Pinchy. Despite him being a lobster, you know. I feel like it was close enough. 
Mm-hmm. And that there was like personification placed on Pinchy, even if it was like through the lens of like Homer. Mm-hmm. A very Homer lens, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like um, I don't know. That was also a name that I would like want to like get used now. Yeah. Uh, oof. Um. Let me see something really quick. Okay, it does not have a name. That's fine. Uh, yeah, so do we just want to go with Pinchy? Yeah, Pinchy. Sounds great. We then get to our Supersonic Duck Squad. Supersonic Duck Squad. Supersonic Duck Squad. You want to give me a Supersonic Duck Squad? Absolutely not. Supersonic Duck Squad. Uh, up first, we have Stomp, who wears a backwards baseball cap and a bead necklace. Who do you have for Stomp? So, I thought about this, and I thought mm-hmm. it would be too easy to look through the birds that were mm-hmm. introduced, and it would be too easy to look through any of the Simpsons birds, and I was thinking, oh, it would be a fun thing I could be able to do to throw these names out here and I was mm-hmm. like what if I just Rodrigo style paired these birds that you ride on top of with celebrities much like we did with lashes so in my Rodrigo style for stomp I have uh, Robert Pinsky so because of the magical art of coincidence, and because I think it'd be kind of hilarious to just have one duck and then the rest of crows, for the most part, uh, I had Cameron Crow as my Rodrigo style for Stomp. My second one that I had, though, and Janine, are you ready to be surprised? Yes. Dancing Homer. Who also wears a baseball hat backwards, has a similar energy. Huh. I could see Stomp doing some shenanigans that aren't necessarily big enough for Capital City. Hmm. Because what, what do you know about Robert Pinsky? Absolutely nothing. But He's the face American. gave me the similar vibes to the characters. I matched them up according to vibe. Uh, he is a poet. He also did a critically acclaimed translation of Dante's Inferno. So what you're saying is you don't like Pinsky. I don't think Pinsky fits this duck's energy. 
Now, I will say, the dancing homer's a bit silly, and riding mm-hmm. on a duck is pretty fucking silly. Mm-hmm. So, I would give it that. And there's other ducks that I don't have as strong of opinions on, but dancing homer stomp, I think, it fits. Because I, I spent a lot of time looking for characters with backwards baseball hats. All right. All right. Uh, up next, we have Ivan X, the one with sort of an aviator and horns hat combo. It's it's a it's a good look, but also very small dot eyes. I had two again. I had Russell Crowe. I also had the Viking from Tales from the Public Domain Hamlet. He's just a Viking who's there at the dinner who laughs at a joke about Vikings. I have the voice of Angry Dad, which could be Dan Castellaneta. Which I don't think is the only time Dan Castellaneta played as Dan Castellaneta in The Simpsons. Uh, let's see. Dan Castellaneta is in four episodes. Wow. Mm-hmm. I wasn't... I didn't know like what number out of the large amount that there are in The Simpsons that like I would expect he would be in as himself, but mm-hmm. four seems I don't actually I don't know if that feels like it's too little or not enough. Oh, one of them he just gets mentioned in. Oh, okay. Which is Angry Dead the movie. Which is the one that I have not seen. Huh. Oof. Which sounds like a sequel to the one where he first showed up as the you know, the voice of Angry Dad. Mm-hmm. It also just has a cast of a few folks who have just really gone downhill since it came out. Oh. Uh, both Russell Brand and Ricky Gervais. Oh. Yeah. But also, Holly Berry, getting mentioned for a second time, uh, Maurice Lamarche, and Nick Park. Also, J.B. Smooth. I enjoy a J.B. Smooth. Oh, yeah. You know what? I feel like Dan Castellaneta would be honored to be a duck. Let's go with Dan Castellaneta. I'm pretty sure Dan Castellaneta has voiced a duck before, too. I would be surprised if he hasn't voiced a duck. So we then have Cowboy, who I I love that his name is just Cowboy. More things should be named Cowboy. Mm-hmm. So, once again, uh, our current reigning fan champion, uh, Olin, uh, suggested uh, Duncan, a.k.a. Furious D. And a friend of the show, uh, Re. Uh, suggested uh, either Crazy Rich Texan or Buck McCoy. 
Who did you have, Janine? For Cowboy. I had Michael Jeter. I had a limited selection for um, celebrities that showed up in the these past few episodes. Um, and I think Cowboy got the bottom of the barrel on that one. I do like the look of Furious D. Uh, I haven't gone over mine yet. That's true, that's true. Uh, I have Hume Cronin as my Rodrigo style. I also have Cowboy Bob. I also have Karaoke Cowboy Apu. Huh. I do like Duncan Furious D again. Because this duck has attitude. This duck has sunglasses and then a pair of sunglasses worn strictly on their hat attitude. Yeah. I feel like we got to give Olin another point here. Olin, uh, you are two for two so far. Let's <clears throat> see if you can be able to make it a hat trick next episode. Which will be very hard because next episode we only have one character. So you're really going to be trying hard because I'm going to be throwing at least like five names at this one person. I'm going to be like looking through like deep stuff. I'll probably go back and watch season one Simpsons and just like find somebody that shows up just like once that might not even be inside the wiki, but like manually clip the episode clip just so I could be able to prove that that person exists as mm -hmm. just one of the names. I look forward to you doing that, my friend. Uh, we then have Bourbon Jr. or Bourbon Jr. Janine, who do you have for Bourbon Jr.? This... James Lipton. I looked at that face that that thing is making, and I thought, you know who would be delighted by that face? James fucking Lipton. If he had appeared on the show, and also if he hadn't said a bunch of dumb stuff, you know who that duck reminds me of? Ooh. CeeLo Green. Oh. I can see it. Yeah, like, it's very much CeeLo Green energy. CeeLo Green would be a duck. Uh, so the Rodrigo style I had was Crow Diddley. The other one that I had was Colonel Quick Emart. I don't think a... I remember that one. Uh, he literally is just a logo who appears on the battle that Marge almost accidentally steals from the store and then ends up in prison. Ah. Um, you know what? I'm I'm good to go with James Lipton. Giving up candy has made me feel very generous. <laughs> Especially because we don't have access to CeeLo. I don't think CeeLo has been on it. He was on American Dad. I've been watching through American Dad, and boy, it's a lot of that humor never really aged well. Wow. Like, thought over, yeah. I needed a show that has a lot of seasons and doesn't require a lot of thinking. He played an evil hot tub. Okay. 
I met CeeLo once. But that's a story for another time. Why why would you Why would I what? Who is the next duck? Let's just go to the next goddamn duck. I mean, up next is Kentaros, uh, whose name is essentially Centaur. Huh. Mm-hmm. He's got a cigar. He's got a hat. He has a lot of attitude. Uh, I had Gregory Peck, the crow. I also had a radioactive man costume Millhouse. Because something about that delighted me. I only had one celebrity left. Mm -hmm. And I casted this one first. Mm -hmm. It's Stan Lee. So that's why you wanted to steer me away from Stan Lee. (laughs) I'm learning how to play the game, Luke. What game are you playing, Janine? Uh, yeah, so... I don't know if I can go for Stan Lee for Kentaros. I don't see enough of Stan Lee in Kentaros. I see Jack Kirby in Kentaros. Oh my god. I don't think we have access to Jack Kirby, do we? No, I don't know if Jack Kirby has got his own Simpsons wiki page. Also, fuck you, fandom. The company. Um, No. The only references that we have to him are the Incredible Hulk and the Things pages. So who did you have for Kentaros then? Uh, I had Radioactive Man Costa Millhouse and Gregory Peck the Bird. Well, we're not going to name this bird after a bird. That's stupid. So then Radioactive Man Costa Millhouse? It looks like that's got to be it. That's American democracy for you, audience. That's how it should work. Two people willing to compromise things to keep the podcast going and to finish it up for the evening. On Halloween! All right, and then up last, we have Hikochi, who has one of those uh, thatched hats and also a thatched back and also a tie. I, I, I enjoy his tie. Hikochi seems like he has a good, loyal energy. How do you feel about Hikochi, Janine? I feel that at this point, I didn't have a lot of celebrities left. Mm -hmm. But I listened to my heart Mm -hmm. in what I knew was going to be the best for Mm -hmm. this duck. Mm -hmm. 
It's Fidel Castro. So, Janine, at this point, I didn't have any more crows that I could use Rodrigo style. <laughs> and so I listened to my heart. And that's why I picked Canary in Burns. What? And that's why I picked Genghis Khan. You know, I like, I I do like Genghis Khan, though. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Genghis Khan, I think, is the better pick. Because we're going to, we're going to run across dictators in this show, Janine. <clears throat> yeah, but Fidel Castro really wasn't depicted as like um you know, a terrible murdering dictator as much as a s playful scamp in the Simpsons. I we're not feel... we're not casting we're not casting in real life Fidel Castro as this character were casting cartoon depiction from the Simpsons Fidel Castro in these roles. Yeah, but the, 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 the trillion dollar bill, I feel like if you steal a trillion dollars, that kind of goes beyond scampiness. I feel like if I was a communist and I stole a trillion dollar bill, um, it would be a good thing. That's just if I put myself in those shoes. Mm. Anyway. Um, Genghis Khan. That's got to be this duck. This duck? Totally a Genghis Khan. All right. And that brings us to the end of this list. Janine, that's another episode done. If it was the four kids dub, the duck would be named Genghis Quack. I, I feel confident about that one, actually. Like, specifically because of our show, or just totally coincidental? Co totally coincidental, because they need to have, a, like, an Asian-type name, but also make it ducky for the four kids stuff. Genghis Quack. I mean, Genghis Quack isn't bad. I, I, I just feel like it's missing... Something. I mean, what would our other four kids' dubs names be for these ducks? I mean, that, stop. We can we can ask our audience that honestly. Fair. If you have a good four kids style name for any of these ducks, send it in. Uh, yeah. Next episode, we just we got one character to rank. His name is Lasso, and he is a gun. Uh, also, we're just going to have a bunch of battles. It's going to be great, Janine. Uh, I'll I'll make sure to bring you some trivia, maybe, and if folks want to send in questions, we can do some questions then. And if Janine. they have any names for four kids style names for these ducks, we could also read them then. Mm -hmm. 
Janine, where can people find you online? You can be able to find me on Twitter for now at Janine Juliet, and you could also find me in various Luke Hare podcast productions. That's true. And you can find me on Twitter until I get banned for insulting Elon Musk enough that he deems me worthy of a ban. On Twitter at, at Coltreg, that's K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at LukeHair.com, that's L-U-K-E-H-E-R-R.com. I also have a bunch of comics that I've written, and uh, I'm looking at doing some other crowdfunding stuff. So, look forward to that. And then I do also have a Patreon where you can give money to support me because... Uh, I pour money into this podcast and I don't necessarily get money out of it. And not that I'm looking to because I enjoy doing the show. But, you know, it's it's nice to balance things out just a little bit. Anyways. Uh, I had I had something, but I just like totally just like blanked out on it. Now I can't remember it for the life of me. Uh, shout out to Mike Patton, uh, at Patton Pending on Twitter for doing our new cover series. Uh, all of those look great. We also have a banner that is going to be coming up soon. And, uh, follow us on Tumblr. Because, you know, that's what our website, Domans Dawn, G-O-H-M-A-N-C-E-D-A-W-N, is about. And, uh, I also just post a bunch of random stuff to our... Twitter, which is at Domance, uh, including stuff about manga that I'm reading or anime that I'm watching because I'm reading a bunch of both. And also watching American Dad, which is not manga. Uh, yeah, I think that kind of wraps us up. Uh, leave us reviews and uh, keep sending in those suggestions. We'll catch you on the flippity flip. Arrgh. Oh my god. I feel like the fact that I went to try and send you the photo of when I met CeeLo caused a slight internet hiccup. And now you've seen the photo that I took when I met CeeLo. What the fuck, man? Okay, let's... let's I also met Danger Mouse, but he wouldn't let me get a photo with him. <laughs>